We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, on a Friday, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. My name is Chris Plank, and we have an informational show for you today. Dr. Dale Bratzler from OU Medicine will join us. We'll get the latest on the new protocols for not just athletics, but for the OU campus. And we'll talk about how we should perceive the most recent spike in COVID-19 numbers in our state as it pertains to the future of sports. Also, fun time debating on Sooner Sound Off coming up later on in the program. Toby, Jessica Cootie, myself, and Gabe Eichert. We dive into the greatest Sooner-born Oklahoma football player of all time. There are so many. You know, I ran into a great stat when I was researching this. There are three sets of brothers who have been named All-American. So, in other words, you know, there, there's hundreds of All-Americans in the history of the University of Oklahoma football program, but there's been three sets of brothers who have done it. The Burst brothers, the Owens brothers, and the Selman's brother, uh, Selman brothers – all from the state of Oklahoma. How cool is that? So we'll debate that coming up in just a bit. I think Jess went with Gerald McCoy. Gabe went with Sam Bradford. I went with Leroy Selman. Just a little bit of a maybe spoiler here. I had a a pretty good topic to debate. I had a pretty good person to debate as far as that topic is concerned. So that's coming up in our audio edition of Sooner Sound Off to wrap the show up. As always, the Sooner Sports Podcast is brought to you in part by AT&T, AT&T is America's best network. Academy Sports and Outdoors, the preferred sporting goods retailer of Oklahoma Athletics. Metroplex Electric, 
we can be your electrician. Sooner fans, it's important you know that Pizza Hut is still here and ready to serve you the pizza you love. Whether it's picked up for carryout or delivered hot to your doorstep, contactless delivery is one of the many ways that we're working to help provide you and our employees the safest experience possible. No matter your location, if you want a more contactless option and prefer your pizza left at the door upon delivery, no problem. Place your order at PizzaHut.com or the Pizza Hut app. All right, before we get to sound off, before we get you fired up about next week's shows, let's get the good, the bad, and the ugly from the week that was with the coronavirus. Dr. Dale Bratzler joins us on a Friday edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast from OU Medicine. Uh, Dr. Bratzler, I didn't get a chance to talk with you last week, so it's good to hear your voice again. Uh, obviously, we, I, I guess we need to dive into what the good, the bad, and the ugly of the week that has been as far as the numbers. Let's start with the good question mark. Is, is hospitalization still down? Is this a positive that we can kind of hang our hat, hat on with numbers spiking? Well, so thanks, Chris. We missed you last week. Um, so some, some good news. The, the death rate from COVID-19 continues to drop. Um, now, I, I, I have to tell you that I think over the next two or three weeks, we're going to see that number increase uh, just because of the sheer number of people that are hospitalized now with COVID-19. Uh, but, you know, there's been a change in the demographic of the people that are testing positive. They're younger people. They're the, that group of people, you know, that are between the ages of 18 and 35 that are social, that are mobile, that are getting out into the community. And that's where we're seeing an increased number of confirmed cases being diagnosed in the case. And the good news is that though those patients do sometimes get very sick, the, the risk of death in that younger age group is much, much lower. So we've seen some reduction in the death rate over time. Um, and that's what I would say the good news is at this moment. But unfortunately, Dr. Bratzler, that's, that's about it. Everything else as far as numbers and trends, it, it, paints a, it paints a pretty bleak picture, doesn't it? Yeah, right now things look really bad. So I've, as I've been telling everybody, we're really seeing exponential growth of new cases in Oklahoma. We're just under 12,000 cases. I know we'll be well above 12,000 cases when data comes out uh, a little later this morning. Um, the um, number of people hospitalized, um, I, I've, I've highlighted that, you know, we used to have a lot of people in the hospital that were called persons under investigation or PUIs. Um, and back in March and April, you know, we had a lot of people in the hospital, but, but the biggest chunk of them were those PUIs, those people that were waiting on a test. And that's because we didn't have tests readily available. Now in Oklahoma, the, the number of people that are in the hospital as persons under investigation has gone way down. Uh, but right now, we have more confirmed cases of COVID-19 in the hospital than we had in the first week of April, uh, which is very concerning. So we, we've seen a big uptick in the number. And again, the reason that the number is not as big as the, quote, hospitalization number from the end of March and 1st of April is because now we have rapid tests available. We get, you know, people aren't in the hospital waiting on tests for days like they used to be. So we have a lot of people in the hospital, and that's why I say I'm very concerned. I think over the next two to three weeks, we're going to see the death rate or at least the number of deaths tick upwards again because there are a bunch of people in the hospital. I think as of yesterday, there were about uh, 110 people, uh, 107 people in the intensive care unit 
uh, in a hospital in Oklahoma. Wow. Now, from that perspective and understanding the risk and what we've learned about the spread, uh, and, and congratulations, the, now you are the man when it comes to understanding and, and implementing COVID-19 guidelines. The, as the Chief Enterprise Quality Officer at OU Medicine, you've also kind of been on the front line now of this COVID-19 battle. So take me through the decision to implement the masking policy, which is now effective on campus immediately. Yeah, so uh, President Harris met with me several weeks ago and asked me to take on the role of chief COVID officer for the entire university, primarily to to help pull together all the teams that were working on COVID policy and also to uh, think very, very carefully about how we coordinate and make sure that, that we're being very consistent across the three campuses for OU. Um, you know, we, we have a leadership group that meets, uh, we have one for each of the campuses, and then we have an overarching leadership group, and I meet with the president at least weekly um, talking about all these policies. And, you know, simply the, the, the reality is that we know that the most effective intervention that we have currently available to keep people from getting infected is to wear a mask. Um, there, there just is no other, you know, physical distancing works, but that's not always feasible. So there's, there's no other really great intervention that we had available to us to slow down the spread of the virus. Uh, we want to keep staff, faculty, um, students, we want to keep everybody safe uh, in their college experience. Uh, we had a lengthy conversation yesterday with the uh, mayor of Norman about things that we could do to slow the spread because we're seeing a lot of spread in young people in the Norman area. So we made the decision that um, wearing masks should be mandatory. That was already the policy on the Health Sciences Center campus, both in Tulsa and in Oklahoma City. Um, and we made the decision that all students, faculty, staff, visitors, vendors, contractors in any university facility will be required to wear a mask. Dr. Bratzler, what's the – it's a very controversial, hot debate. So what do we say to those who feel like they're – their, their rights are being taken away from them or even that just the discomfort of it. I mean, bottom line here, we're, we're trying to do whatever we can to keep people safe. This, this really isn't a political issue when it comes to what you're trying to do to mitigate the spread. Yeah, absolutely. You know, wearing masks has become partisan to a certain extent, and there are some people that feel that it may infringe on things like civil liberties, but that's actually not the case. There are nu numerous legal opinions out there that have highlighted that in the face of a pandemic, when you're doing something for the greater public health, trying to keep the citizens of the state state healthy, you can implement policies that that uh, require things like masks. So I used to be a tuberculosis doctor in my early career, and we could we could literally lock somebody up if they didn't want to take their tuberculosis medications. Public health has that authority to put into place requirements that will protect the public's health. And that's the stance that we're taking with the masking policy at the University of Oklahoma. If, if there were something else that we could do, then we would certainly consider it. And, you know, we're doing all the physical distancing and encouraging hand hygiene. When, but when you look at the published literature, the intervention that is most effective is wearing a mask. So if we get everybody in a mask, we will see substantial reductions in the spread of this virus. The other thing, Chris, I would say, you know, you, you've seen what's happened in Texas. You, you've seen what's happened in Texas now. Dramatic 
number of increased new cases, and they're having to shut down their economy again. We're trying to avoid that, but but the only effective way I know to do that is to get people to not be in big crowds and to wear a mask. Dr. Bratzler, I had the opportunity on Tuesday, and we continue to work through it with Sooner Vision and administration in working on the new pathways through campus, and more specifically here I'm talking about uh, Headington Hall and the athletic facilities. I've said this a lot, and I'm, I'm curious to get your take on it. Bottom line here, we're really counting on, at least on campus, 18 to 19 to 20-year-olds to really follow these policies and understand them. And again, they're not going to be those who, from a health perspective, might get the sickest or might uh, end up hospitalized. But bottom line here, if, if you're rooting for football and sports to come back, we really need not just student-athletes but students in general to make sure they follow these procedures, right? Absolutely. We've talked about that a lot uh, it's personal responsibility. It was part of the conversation I had with the mayor of Norman yesterday that we want to really start doing some fairly broad marketing campaigns, both on the Norman campus, but also with the city of Norman to make people recognize that this virus is spreading. And if we want to keep open, if we want football in the fall, if we want students to be able to have an in-classroom experience rather than an online experience, then we have to take personal responsibility for slowing the spread of this virus. Two more quick ones, and I'll let you get out of here, Dr. Bratzler. As we sit here and as we tape on this Friday, um, we see football student-athletes back on, on campus slowly but surely coming in in groups. You have voluntary workouts July 1. What are some things that we need to be keeping an ear on? What are some things that will be positive benchmarks for you in this process? Yeah, so it's a great question. So I've met with um, Joe Castiglione and all of the athletic trainers, the staff, uh, Larry Nifey and others that have put together some amazingly comprehensive plans to keep the student-athletes safe. As you know, they've all been asked um, to self-isolate for 14 days before returning to campus uh, so that they don't bring the virus with them. Um, we will be testing athletes. We will, um, uh, the team, the, the athletic trainers and others have put into place policies that will uh, not allow more than 10 people into a locker room, not allow more than 10 people into a weight room at a time, uh, physical separation, wearing masks when they're doing anything but outdoor activities. So, so I really want to give kudos to the athletic uh, uh, department, um, Joe Castiglione, and all of his staff that they've really thought carefully about ways to keep the student-athletes safe. Um, and, again, I think the student-athletes know that if they don't take that personal responsibility to stay safe, then they won't get to play football this fall. And then a, a final thought more than anything else. You know, we've, we've seen different plans as far as fans in the stands. I know we can't give a definitive answer today, but it's the most asked question I get outside of, will we have football? And you brought up Texas where we've seen them sliding back a little bit. As we sit here on this Friday, Dr. Bratzler, how do you feel about fans in attendance this coming uh, academic sports season, specifically to football? Yeah, so – you know, I think you and I both know if uh, OU Texas weekend was coming up, uh, it would be canceled uh, because of what's going on, particularly in Texas, where I think they had almost 50 people die yesterday from COVID-19. Um, we're, we're looking at it day by day, looking at the data, looking for 
decreased spread of the virus. Um, I know, again, uh, the athletic staff have done an amazing job working with their arch architectural firms to look at, you know, could we could we even open the football stadium with with limited capacity, keeping people physically distanced? Um, none of those decisions are made yet um, because um, we're, we're going to watch the data. We're going to meet with public health experts, the city of Norman and others. The one thing we don't want to happen is the the stadium or any large event. And let's not limit it to football, but any large event to result in spread of the virus. So. So there's a whole group of us that are meeting routinely, thinking about every possibility, getting public health experts, infectious disease experts, the city of Norman and others together in those conversations to think about how can we keep people safe, but yet get back to what everybody would like to see, um, the um, return of uh, Sooner football. You know, it's always heavy when you have a conversation with Dr. Bratzler because you realize this is one of the guys on the front lines of fighting this, understanding it, researching it. And helping to lay out the protocol, so I've, you know, I've I've been blessed. I've had a chance to talk to Dr. Bratzler every Friday on my local show, and I thought it was really important on a day like today when we start voluntary workouts next week to and students start matriculating back onto campus to truly understand some of the challenges that lay ahead. Great stuff from Dr. Dale Bratzler, as always. Interested in taking your passion for OU athletics to a new level? Experience the best game day experiences while supporting scholarships for nearly 600 student-athletes by joining the Sooner Club. Customizable options are available by calling 405-325-8000. Hey, even in these uncertain times, your Oklahoma Chick-fil-A restaurants are here to serve you. Dining rooms are closed, but... Where possible, you can still order from the drive-thru, the Chick-fil-A app, or from DoorDash. OU Extended Campus, degrees online, on-site, on your schedule, become the tradition. And Mercy, at Mercy, your life is our life's work. All right, let's get after it. There's hundreds of different Sooners born in the state of Oklahoma on the gridiron that we could have chosen from. Sterling Shepard comes to mind. Obviously, Jason White. Teddy Lehman, Rocky Kalmus, Steve and Tinker Owens, the Burrises, the list goes on and on and on, but we only get three. So on this edition of Sooner Sound Off, we debate three of the greatest Oklahomans to ever excel on the gridiron for the Oklahoma Sooners. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Sooner Sound Off, our weekly debate about the best, greatest, and grandest in OU football history. Each week, we have a topic presented by Taco Mayo, our panelists will debate that topic, and at the end of the show, I, today, will declare a winner. And today's topic, again presented by Taco Mayo, the greatest Oklahoma-born Sooner football player of all time. There's a reason for that topic as we welcome in our esteemed panel today. Now, you see a new face on there, don't you? First off, though, we welcome in Mr. Versatility himself, the voice of Sooner softball, the sultan of the sidelines and the pride of the 918. Hello, Chris Plank. Toby, let's go. Feature writer extraordinaire in the pride of Sentinel, <laughs> Oklahoma, Jessica Cootie with us again today. Hi, Jess. Hey, Toby. And, of course, our newest member of the panel, the Warfel Trophy winner, the best sideline analyst in America, and the pride of Bishop McGinnis High School, Gabe Eichert. How you doing, Gabe? No jokes today, people. I'm here to win. <laughs> we'll see about that. We'll see about Let's that. Let's go. How this is gonna Let's work. do it. We're I can't even keep a straight opening... face saying that. <laughs> We're going to have an opening argument, then each of our panelists will be giving a, given a segment 
to defend their case and a closing argument. And then at the end of the show, I will declare a winner. Let's see who each of our panelists has chosen today for the greatest Oklahoma-born Sooner football player of all time. Jessica Cootie, who you got? Well, Toby, let me first of all start off by saying what an honor it is. You've been such a great mentor of mine in my broadcasting career, and I just do not know oh if I'd be gosh. sitting in this panelist seat with you as the host without your mentorship. Now, with that being said, I'm going with the best player in the state of Oklahoma in 2005, the top recruit in the state in the 2006 signing class, the number three overall draft pick in the 2010 NFL draft, and now a 10-year NFL vet. He continues to be ranked among the top 100 players in the league. Give me GK Gerald McCoy, McCoy also arguably one of the most well-liked Sooners of all time. No offense, Gabe. Who you got, Plank? Well, I don't think we can go wrong with any of these arguments today, but I'm going to go a little old school, a guy that I really enjoyed researching and watching and dominating today. Talk about Leroy Selman. The Selman brothers are talked about. He was the number one pick in the draft. He's the only guy in this debate today that is a member of both the college and NFL Hall of Fame and was the number one overall pick in the National Football League draft, a foundational piece for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and a foundational piece of two national championship defenses. I'll tell you about Leroy Selman today. Gabe, who are you going with? I am going with the pride of the Putnam City North Panthers, Mr. Sam Bradford, and it's rather simple for me, guys. He's the quarterback of quite possibly the best offense in the history of college football. He is a Heisman Trophy winner, and he was the number one overall pick of the 2010 NFL Draft. Also, a great story of a guy that wasn't that highly recruited becoming the best player in all of college football, and that's exactly what college football is about, and that is why Sam Bradford is the best Oklahoma-born, Oklahoma Sooner football player of all time. Very impressive nominees, Gerald McCoy, Leroy Selman, and Sam Bradford. Time to defend those nominees. Jessica Cootie, you're up first. Well, out of Southeast High School in Oklahoma City in the 2006 signing class, the top recruit in the state of Oklahoma was none other than Gerald McCoy. He was the Gatorade Player of the Year, the National Defensive Player of the Year. He was a U.S. Army All-American. The list goes on and on. He was not just the number one recruit in the state of Oklahoma. He was the top-ranked defensive tackle in the country coming out of high school and the number four prospect overall by rivals. He could have gone anywhere, anywhere, and he chose to stay home and come to Oklahoma. And he backed up all of that hype when he got to Oklahoma, but not before a redshirt season in 2006. And then going into his redshirt freshman season, he suffered a tremendous heartbreak with the passing of his mother, Patricia, just weeks before the start of fall camp. And he, she was his biggest fan. His mom knew that Gerald would be great. In fact, she told him he would be an All-American. She told him he would be a first-rounder. And Gerald vowed to make his mom's words come true. He said, in fact, everything I'm doing moving forward is not to disappoint her. That what she wanted to happen for me, I make happen. And that season in 2007, he went on to become the Big 12 freshman 
Freshman of the Year and a Freshman All-American. He followed that up in 2008. He was voted as a team captain as a sophomore and went on to become the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year and an All-American. And in 2009, he followed that up. He became a two-time team captain and a two-time All-American, one of just four defensive players under Bob Stoops to twice earn All-America honors. He made 40 consecutive starts, which was a school record for a defensive tackle. And in 2009, 15 and a half tackles for loss, six sacks, and most of that time he was taking up two blockers. His draft stock skyrocketed and he was selected as the third pick overall in the 2010 NFL draft by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The highest selected Sooner defensive player since 1986 with Tony Casillas. And once again, he's backing up all of that hype in the NFL. In 2013, he, was earned, he earned first team all pro honors and pro football focus ranked him as the NFL's best defensive tackle in 2013. In 2014, GK signed at the time, the biggest contract ever for a defensive tackle in NFL history. He went to six straight Pro Bowls. He's been named to the NFL Network's top 100 players six out of the last seven years, including last season in 2019. And again, all of this with opposing offenses really keying in on him each and every week. His former Bucks teammate linebacker Levante David said, if he gets one-on-one -on -one with offensive linemen, it's a done deal, but he is so often double team. He called him an assist guy. Gerald does all of the dirty work nobody notices. He is constantly disrupting to allow uh, guys around him to make the big plays. And if all of this wasn't enough, that you won't find a guy who loves Oklahoma more than Gerald McCoy. Watch this. Yeah, boy. Oh, we them boys. We got another soda in the house, y'all. Yeah, I can't even make this up. Check this out. I kid you not. I didn't put these on to make this video. I was already rocking these. Oh, <laughs> we did it again. So I said, it worked yesterday. Let's see what happens today. So I threw on a OU hoodie. I threw on my OU shorts. And what did we do? We got another Sooner, big dog. <laughs> we them boys. Boomer. All right, Toby, so he's earned nearly $120 million and counting, just signed a three-year deal with the Cowboys. He loves Oklahoma so much, and it doesn't get much better than Gerald McCoy. GK, the rare combination of a bad man and a delightful human being, and he delivered on his promise to his mom. Excellent job, Jessica Cootie. And another gentle giant coming up next as we continue right after this commercial break on Sooner Sound Off. Chris Plank with Leroy Selman. Stay with us.
Thank you to our Cornerstone Television partners, OU Medicine, Anheuser-Busch, and OU Extended Campus, and our community partners, Landers Auto Group, Devon Energy, Coca-Cola, and OU Medicine. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Sooner Sound Off. Today, we are debating the greatest Oklahoma-born Sooner football player of all time. In segment number one, Jessica Cootie made the case for Gerald McCoy. And now, Chris Plank, the case for Leroy Selman. Chris? Thanks, Toby. It's been fascinating to look back on the history of Oklahoma Sooner football and just how great the Selmans were. But the greatest of them all from Oklahoma Leroy Selman. You follow born, you follow bred, sooner born, sooner bred. And I'll tell you what, look at these accomplishments during his career, which of course spanned four incredible years, two national championships at the University of Oklahoma, a two-time All-American. He is a member of the College Football Hall of Fame, was elected there in 1988, and a two-time All-American. I'll tell you more about where he also excelled because that was in the classroom coming up a little bit later on. And then in the National Football League, not only was he the number one overall pick by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 76, he was the first ever player drafted by the pewter-clad Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was the 1979 NFL Defensive Player of the Year and a six-time Pro Bowler, with the, which eventually led to his induction into the Hall of Fame. But listen, I could sit here and, and spew numbers, and we're going to hear from some of his teammates and his former coach here in just a bit, but watch the highlights. Oh my goodness, big number 93. He was a man among boys. This beast with the white tape all up his arm, manhandling tackles, the fear in the eyes of quarterbacks when he's coming after them, stripping the ball from running backs. I was equal parts in awe of just how smooth he looked as a defensive lineman. And the stats back it up. Consider this. He had 335 tackles in his college career, 142 of those as a defensive lineman as a senior, and sacks weren't a stat that were officially kept until around 1982 in the National Football League and in football in general. But he had 40 tackles for losses in his career. And it wasn't just what Leroy did as an individual. It's what he did with this defense overall. As I mentioned, they went national championships in 74 and 75. They also, by the way, in his sophomore season, went 10-0-1. In his four-year career, his overall record was 43-2-1. And, and then get this as an overall defense with, you know, uh, Dewey was there for a little bit with him. Lucius was there for a little bit as, as well, too. In 73, he allowed 12, the, the Sooner defense allowed 12 points per game. In 74, they allowed eight points per game. And in 1975, the Sooner defense, with Leroy leading the way, allowed just 12 points per game. But don't let the highlights speak for Leroy. Don't let me speak for Leroy. Listen to what Chuck Fairbanks, Joe Washington, and of course, Tinker Owens had to say about the gentle giant. Leroy's probably the best defensive lineman <clears throat> that ever played at OU. Um, he didn't have any bad plays ever. He played top top performance down after down after down after down. And if you watch most defensive linemen play, they make a few good plays. He made them all every single time. Never never had took a playoff. He was an amazing player. Oh, he was a big bingo 
tiger playing with his prey. He had the quickness of a big cat, the balance. He used his hands as well as anybody on the planet. And it was the attitude that he could take you out at any time if he wanted to, but he didn't. I mean, he's just special. He was a special player. Leroy uh, and Coach Switzer probably said to this day, he's the greatest defensive player he ever had. You know, maybe the greatest player that Coach Switzer ever had. Lombardi and Outland Trophy winner. Barry Switzer called him the greatest player I ever coached. He was a scholar athlete to the max, a two-time all-academic performer, the scholar athlete of the year, according to the National Football Foundation. And then, of course, there's the family. Where would we be without Leroy Selman, Dewey Selman, and Lucius Selman in the career of the University of Oklahoma in their national championships? It's actually absolutely unbelievable the impact that he made, not just on Norman, Oklahoma, but then in Tampa, where he's already had his number retired. He's in the ring of honor. He's not only the greatest Sooner-born player for, to play for the University of Oklahoma, he might be the greatest Oklahoma Sooner ever, Toby. What a great man, what a kind man, and he absolutely wrecked havoc on a football field. Great job, Chris Plink, Leroy Selman. We'll take a break. When we come back, the new guy's up. Gabe Eichert will defend Sammy B next on Sooner Sound Off. Air Comfort Solutions, your total home solution for plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. Make the winning call today. Taco Mayo, fresh ingredients built to order. The Trails Golf Club, Norman's club of choice. Kincaid Coach, the official motor coach carrier of OU Athletics. Community Coffee, family-owned community coffee. The official brewed coffee of OU Athletics. Taste the difference family makes. Welcome back to Sooner Sound Off. Fun topic today. We're talking greatest Oklahoma-born Sooner football players of all time. Jessica Cudi has made the case for Gerald McCoy. Chris Plank has made the case for Leroy Selman. And now the Warfel Trophy winner, the pride of McGinnis High School, an Oklahoma-born product himself and one of the all-time Oklahoma greats, Gabe Eichert, with the case for Sammy B. Gabe? Well, Gerald, tremendous player. Leroy, an absolute legend. But you guys picked defensive linemen. Who cares about <laughs> defensive linemen? It's all oh, here about we go. the quarterback, Speaking ladies and like gentlemen. Speaking like a true offensive lineman. Listen, quarterback is the most important position in all of sports. I don't care what anyone says. And all Sam Bradford did in his first year as a starter for the Sooners was throw for 3,121 yards, 36 touchdowns, with only eight interceptions. Freshman All-American, second-team All-American, a Big 12 title for the Sooners that year, and a berth in the Fiesta Bowl, which we do not speak of, but still a very impressive first year as a starter. And he was just getting warmed up, ladies and gentlemen, in his second year as a starter for the Sooners. He put together one of the most impressive quarterbacking seasons in the history of of college football, maybe the best. Let's look at the numbers. The 2008 OU offense was an absolute machine that destroyed everything. And I do mean everything in its path. 
They ended up breaking the record for most points in a season and became the first team in NCAA history. Is that good? First team in history? I think that's good. To score 60 or more points in five straight games. That's just silly, guys. And Bradford was at the center of all of it, which is why he was the 2008 Heisman Trophy winner. 4,720 passing yards, 50 touchdowns with only eight interceptions. Are you kidding me? That guy deserves that statue in Heisman Park. That is absolutely absurd. I know that I will never forget the jump around game against Texas Tech. You won't either, Sooner fans. And that's why Sam Bradford's the best Oklahoma-born OU player of all time. Remember the memories. Don't forget those. That year, 08, Big 12 title and a berth in the BCS National Championship game against Tim Tebow in the Florida Gators. Now, unfortunately, Ooh. that one did not go the Sooners way, but still very impressive to get there. And we never know what would have happened if DeMarco Murray would have played. But back to that 08 season, they just had won the Big 12 championship. And let's take a look at what Gary Pinkle, the head coach of Missouri, who they just destroyed, let's take a look at what he said about that offense. Quote, that's the best offense I've ever seen. Well, it seems like the quarterback plays a pretty pivotal role in that offense. Well, what did Bob Stoops say about Bradford after that game? Quote, no one throws it better than him. Just incredible accuracy, incredible on third downs when you have to have it. I don't know if you know that, but those two guys are on the College Football Hall of Fame ballot. They may know something about football. Now we won the Heisman. He's done it all. He's put up silly stats. They played in the national championship. So he's going to the NFL, right? Not so fast, ladies and gentlemen. He comes <laughs> back because he loves the university. He loves his teammates. He wants to go win that national championship. And he was very demanding of his teammates in that offseason. How do I know that? Because I was one of them. He was not very nice to me, and he was still the man. But unfortunately, it all goes away. One play in Jerry World against BYU. He gets re-injured against Texas. So you're thinking, man, that's really going to hurt his draft stock, right? That is unfortunate. <laughs> Just kidding. Number one overall draft pick in the NFL draft in 2010. Two picks before Jessica's nominee, Gerald McCoy. Hmm, interesting. How about that? Now, what Who's had a longer NFL special? career? Longer yeah. NFL hey, career, Who's game. made more money? Sam Bradford's made $130 million, Jess, but who's counting? So what made We're him special We're still a work in progress mind, with GK. His ability. Can I speak, please? Thank you. His ability <laughs> to process information and put the ball right where it needed to be. And Toby, I know this will win you over. Heisman Trophy winner and the cafeteria in Headington Hall has his name on it. I know how near and dear food is wow. to your heart, Toby Rowland, and that's going to take this over the top. Sam Bradford is the best Oklahoma-born OU player ever. Was that a fat I joke, don't know. Gabe? I, yeah, I can't figure out if that is a tip of the cap or he's taking a shot at my weight. Either way, I think the new guy no, is we, formidable. We, Guys, the hey, new guy is formidable. Nicely well, done. We share a passion for food, T-Row. I'm just trying to. Exactly I'm just right. trying to pander. You know me. That's exactly right. Well done. Well, we got a lot to consider, and we'll let everyone make their closing arguments next here on Sooner Sound Off.
The Sooner Podcast is your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. Listen as Toby Rowland and Chris Plank talk all things Sooners. New episodes drop every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Log on to Soonersports.tv slash podcast to listen to old shows and subscribe to always get the newest ones. Log on to Soonersports.com slash kids for information about joining the Sooner Junior Kids Club presented by OG&E. Brought to you in part by Orthodontics Exclusively. Sooner Sports TV Personalities Wardrobe is provided by Threads Menswear and Blush on Campus Corner. Hair and makeup provided by Clementine Hair Lounge. Welcome back, everybody. Final segment of Sooner Sound Off. It is time to declare a winner. Today's topic, greatest Oklahoma-born Sooner football player of all time, Jessica Cootie, defend Gerald McCoy. Hey, nobody represents and sells Oklahoma football like Gerald McCoy. Nobody is more passionate and believes in Sooner football like Gerald McCoy. He was the best player in high school in the state of Oklahoma playing. Oh, by the way, at the same time Sam Bradford was playing high school football. He backed that up in college. He became the number three overall draft pick in the 2010 NFL draft, and he's backed that up in the NFL. He's earned nearly $120 million and counting. He's been one of the most consistent and dominant defensive tackles in the NFL for 10 years. He's one of the best to do it on the field, one of the best to do it off the field. He has given back in countless ways, countless hours to the community. And Bob Stoops has said, I've never been associated with a more impressive young man than Gerald McCoy. He's a nice guy. His teammates say he plays the game the right way. He's been known to apologize to opposing quarterbacks after he hits them. There's a nice guy, and then there's a different level of nice, and that's uh, Gerald McCoy and Toby Rowland nice. Chris. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's awesome pandering. Hey, what's a great without a great story? Barry Switzer said after the 10-tackle performance by Leroy Selman in the Orange Bowl against Michigan, which, by the way, was one of two national championships that he won, that Leroy Selman was never even knocked off his feet during that game. That grew to that he was never knocked off his feet his entire career. He's one of the greats all time, helped lay the foundation for two national titles, Gabe. Sam Bradford got his own day. Guys, <laughs> January 13th, 2009, Sam Bradford Day, Heisman Trophy winner. No offense to Gerald McCoy or Leroy Selman, but do they have statues on campus? Did, have I just missed them? Because wow. there's a big bronze one of Sam Bradford right next to the stadium. The number one pick in the NFL draft in 2010. The cafeteria is named after him. Since Cootie's yeah, so transfixed that. on the money, $130 million career earnings in the National Football League. Pretty good. Pretty good. Closing arguments brought to you by Kincaid Coach. It's now time for the verdict brought to you by Community Coffee. Not even mentioned today, Steve Owens from Miami, Jason White, Rocky Kalmus, Ted Lehman, Ryan Broyles, a ton of great Sooners. This is tough. GK is one of my all-time favorites. Leroy might be the greatest of all time. Sammy B., President Harris is from PC North. I don't want to make him mad, but for me, it comes down to those last two. And Gabe, you said in 2008, the OU offense and Sammy B. destroyed everything except Tim Tebow. And the old guy judging recognizes that Leroy Selman won two national championships. He should have a statue on campus. Chris Plank is the winner today. 
with Lee. Are Roy you guys Selman. just going to pick Thanks each other every everybody. week? We'll see you next week on Sooner Sound Off. Boomer Sooner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. I, I Listen, I, someone tweeted me during the week and said, I think that this was a little unfair. You should have said the all-time greatest Oklahoma-born Sooner that wasn't the Selmans. In that case, I would have taken Steve Owens, and I would have been able to kind of lump my man Tinker Owens in there as well, too. But in this case, uh, that was just that was too easy of a choice. And great debates by Gabe and Cootie. But listen, Leroy Selman, I've, I've put it out on social media a lot this week as well, too. It was a, a really fun, eye-opening, heartwarming week to spend just researching and understanding what Leroy Selman meant, not just to Oklahoma, but to Tampa and and the USF program. I mean, South Florida, USF football is probably not where it is today. In fact, I would go as far as saying it isn't where it is today without Leroy Selman, uh, Leroy Selman leading the way. And to Gabe talking about a statue on campus, well, Leroy does have a statue outside of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Stadium, and there should be a Selman Brothers statue on campus somewhere, some way, somehow. Good stuff. Hey, next week we we debate the greatest four-year, five-year career in Sooner basketball history, and that goes across the men's and women's program, so that'll be a fun one on Sooner Sound Off. And, Sound Off. and that's, of course, part of what's on tap. Presented by OG&E. OG&E is powered at the speed of life on Saturday's Sooner Classic. Make sure you tune in because uh, it's the final Big 12 championship game that Bob Barry calls, the 2010 game against Nebraska. And it's really the final time I can think of OU and Nebraska playing. So it's been a minute. So enjoy that. It's a, it's a wild game because of the way that it starts and how it finishes. The Sooners were not in this game early. They, were, they, they fall into a deep early hole. And then that defense ratchets up to a level that is just jaw-droppingly impressive. Toby is on the sidelines for this call. Coach Merv is in the booth with Bob Barry Sr. So enjoy OU Nebraska. That's going to drop on the podcast platform at about 5 o'clock on Saturday night. Meanwhile, I, you know, a lot of times our shows are kind of set for next week, and the following week is no different. Jess and Mag with the Women's Wednesday show. Our Friday show is usually uh, either it was Spotlight or Sooner Sound Off. But Monday's show, you know, Toby's on vacation. And I really wanted to dive into truly understanding what the protocols look like when student athletes return to campus. M- m- most of the football players are back quarantining, then they'll get going on July 1. So the Sooner Club and you know, Coach Riley and Joe Castiglione and Kenny Mossman allowed us the opportunity to sit down with Scott Anderson, the head athletic trainer, Benny Wiley, the Sooner strength and conditioning coach, sports performance, Brad Camp from Equipment, and the great Greg Tipton, the administrator and on the front line of facilities when it comes to the return to campus. And we sat down for about two hours on Monday, this Monday, and on this coming Monday's podcast, we're going to share from those interviews what the new normal looks like for Oklahoma football players as they come back to campus. So I can't wait to share that with you on Monday, and that's what's on tap presented by OGNE. Thanks to Dr. Dale Bratzler. Hey, thanks to you for downloading and subscribing to the Sooner Sports Podcast. If you're with us still, you're obviously a diehard, and I appreciate it. Uh, From the bottom of my heart, we have, I think, obviously in part due to the Sooner Classics we've been putting on the podcast platform. We've had an incredible summer, and it's warmed my heart to see all the downloads. 
Uh, if you subscribe through Apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star rating and write a review. I read all the reviews, and we try to help out in any way possible to meet your needs and go above and beyond to help support and give great content to the greatest fan base on the planet, the Oklahoma Sooner fans. Until Monday's breakdown of what the new normal looks like, everyone have a great weekend, and Boomer Sooner, everybody.